This is the Power of Genetics podcast, the podcast designed to help visionary practitioners build a more successful practice, transform more lives, and lead their patients into the future of personalized health. In each episode, I'll interview successful practitioners and leading thought leaders who will share their insights and expertise to help you prepare your practice for what lies ahead. I'm your host, Dr. Yael Jaffe, and now... Let's get into today's episode. So a very big welcome, a huge welcome to Dr. Mark Hyman, who I've been trying to get as a guest on our podcast, The Power of Genetics, for some time, finally managed to get a yes. So very big welcome, Mark. Well, thank you for having me. So, Mark, I've been following you for years, and I'm not alone. I'm amongst the millions in the world, including those in the functional and integrated world space who've been watching your work forever. And, you know, it's everywhere. Like, I'm hearing you, I'm seeing you, I'm listening to your podcasts, I'm reading your books, seeing you at conferences. Well, not so much recently. Used to see you at conferences, used to hear your conferences. And so what I really want to talk about today is a little bit about your journey, But if there is a person out there who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know who Dr. Mark Hyman is, as much as that's unlikely, can we just start off just talking about who you are and what is the work you do? And then maybe after that, we'll go back a little bit to medical school or pre-medical school and talk a little bit about how you landed up where you are. So who who am I? So question... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that what you want? Is that the answer? Good question. Or do you want, <laughs> or no, do you want what I do? Because who I am and what I do are not necessarily identical. They're different stories. We'll, we'll take the, anything. Uh, we'll, we'll take it all. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer the question. You meant it the way normal people mean it, which is, what do you do for a living? <laughs> no, no, um, no, no. Not just what do you do for a living. <laughs> who are you and what do you do for a living? Yeah. Oh, well, that's way more than 30 minutes. Um I'm a physician, uh, trained as a family doctor. Before that, I was a yoga teacher and uh, studied Buddhism and Kabbalah, a different framework for understanding health, and studied ancient healing systems and indigenous traditions, and way before I went to medical school. So I always had a framework of there's something other than medical school as a way of healing. And then I also studied systems thinking, uh, Gregory Bateson and systems theory. And, and so my brain was sort of primed for functional medicine. And then I got very ill, which I wish on nobody as a way to learn anything, but I got very ill from mercury after living in fatigue syndrome and literally had to reverse engineer my way to health. And that's when I discovered functional medicine and dove deep into trying to understand how the body worked in reality, not as I was taught in medical school, which is essentially a way of mapping symptoms and diseases, not the truth about how the body functions, or which is what functional medicine is about. So that's really my path to functional medicine and has really driven me to uh, try to be an evangelist for the field because I saw how many people unnecessarily suffer. And, and I felt that, that this was one of the greatest discoveries since, I don't know what, uh, antibiotics or... I was going to say penicillin, but that probably penicillin. was like... Yeah. Kind of a weird thing to say when we're talking about functional medicine. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm all for antibiotics. I'm all for every yeah. every tool we have. Functional medicine is agnostic. It's not anti-anything. It's pro-understanding how to find the right treatment for the right person at the right time for the right problem, as opposed to what we do now is simply treat everybody the same with diagnosis, which unfortunately doesn't really help 
most people get better. It may mitigate symptoms, but it's not transforming people's lives. And I think the thing that's driven me my whole life is the personal experience of um, what it is to be really sick and what it is to actually recover and to understand that there's a different way of thinking about the body that we never learned in medical school that is the truth. In other words, Einstein said, you know, I don't want to know the spectrum of this or that element. I want to know the thoughts of God, the rest are details. And so the question is, you know, what are the thoughts of God? How is the body designed? You know, what is the organization and structure and the function that actually gives rise to life? And how do we play with that in a different way than we were trained? And, and that's, uh, that's really the story of my life. <laughs> It's so interesting. You know, I, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that you started off in a more kind of Eastern, studied Buddhism, and then went to medical school because most people I've spoken to, it's usually the other way around, that they'll start in medical school, experience a deep disillusionment and disappointment with what they're learning, and then go out and seek alternatives. And yet you're telling me, actually, you came you came in through a different door. Yeah, I, I knew I was going into a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and I was prepared for getting brainwashed. And uh, I did I, I did a pretty good job at resisting the brainwashing, but I got in there pretty hard until I got really sick. But I but I always knew that nutrition and lifestyle were important and always focused on that. It was but it was really understanding uh, really understanding not just at an intellectual level, but at a at a physical cellular level, the dynamics of how the body works. So every one of my systems cracked my gut, my immune system, my mitochondria, detox system, everything, my brain. I mean, just, it was so bad. And I literally had to learn from the inside out how my body worked and then how to bring it back to life. Because I was, I've been near death a number of times. And I was going to say that that's not the first time that that, I mean, it's not the only time that's happened because actually, no. if you don't mind me saying it, I mean, it was quite recent when I say recent in the last couple of years that you had another experience, a similar experience where you had to yeah. kind of bring yourself back to life again. <laughs> it was I actually, mean, yeah, it was, it was more had you not learned enough the first time? I mean, did you no, not, it, you know, like learn uh, enough the first time? Know. Let me tell you, I don't know why I got this karma, but I basically get everything and then have to figure it out and then tell the world. And, you know, whether it's my back surgeries or my, you know, mercury poison or my Lyme disease or my mold poisoning and, and a number of years ago, really sick from mold poisoning in my own house and I took an antibiotic for a root canal that ended up giving me C. diff and ended up you know losing 30 pounds from my already skinny self and in bed for five months and literally just skirting the edges of death vomiting every meal you know 20 bloody bowel movements a day uh completely sure. unable to it's amazing there's anything left of you at all i mean that's it's, it's like now, crazy but now but now i'm stronger <laughs> and fitter and healthier than i've ever been even in the last you know and years. probably smarter you know uh, so the, so, so begs, begs the question do you have to experience the personal journey of losing and gaining health to truly be a great yeah, healer I, I mean i i sure as hell hope not but it's just given me a lot of compassion for my patients and helped me understand mm -hmm. that when someone walks in the door and says i don't feel well i don't go oh you need prozac <laughs> i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. what truly is, listen yeah what is like somebody's missing something so you know when you go to the doctor and the doctor says well your tests are it's fine. You know, you must be a little depressed. Here's some Prozac, or I don't know. You're basically healthy. Come back when you're sicker. That means the doctor's missing something, right? It's not that the patient's crazy or they're making it up. It's it's a a gap 
you know, it's, 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 it's a blind spot in medicine. And it's unfortunate. We're, we're in a state of medicine that's sort of the best of times, worst of times. We're, we're at the death of the, the old paradigm, which takes a long time, uh, which is a reductionist, disease-oriented, reactive, it's, yeah. you know, descriptive paradigm to a dynamic, complex systems thinking, you know, sort of understanding the complexity of human health in a, in a much more profound way through the power of the transformation of the genomic revolution and all the omic through quantified self metrics through mm. understanding systems and those those three huge shifts in medicine are driving us to to reexamine everything we knew you know i mean how could you know when studied on israel for example looking at the microbiome and response to different foods and glucose i mean who would have thought that you know if, if one person eats an apple and another person yeah. eats an apple, it's going to have different effects based on what this, the bugs are in their gut. That doesn't make any sense in our current mm -hmm. paradigm. So I think I think it's just sort of showing us how we need to sort of drop the old model. But it's hard. There's still people who think the Earth is flat mm -hmm. and that you know that <laughs> evolution is not true and that uh, you know I don't know maybe there's people what we eat doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pervasive paradigm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So tell me, you're not just a family doctor physician. So let's move on, you know, and when talk about pervasive, uh, you are. And you've been able to really do something which a lot of other functional medicine kind of thought leaders haven't been able to do. Mm. And that that's being able to really translate the message in such a way that can truly reach people. And right yeah. from kind of the public consumer who doesn't have knowledge of functional medicine, biochemistry, kind of genetics, right through to, to, our, to, to my level. And you've done it in multiple ways. And you constantly are evolving your message and your teaching. I mean, with Doctors Pharmacy was quite a new shift into thinking of not just food is food, but food is a kind of a, a whole earth system and all the things. And, and so was there a time in your life where you, because you, you were seeing patients and you were that doctor and was it a conscious decision to say, it's not enough that I'm helping this individual, that individual, not that there's oh, anything yeah, wrong yeah, with that, yeah, 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 yeah. but I need to spread the word. I need to get my message right. out and I'm going to drive my, curate my journey to do that. A hundred percent. I mean, I, it was, it was a long time ago. It was after I got sick and I started to get better and I started to really understand functional medicine three to four years into it that I was like, holy crap, I, this, nobody knows. And this story needs to be. And I, so I decided to write a book and that was the beginning of it all. The rest is history. It was very intentional. It was very, very intentional that I saw there was this gap our understanding of the body that was, you know, just leaving so many people miserable who didn't need to be miserable. I mean, I remember when I first started practicing, I would, you know, had a rheumatoid arthritis patient. I would say, well, you know, why don't you do this elimination diet and try to well, do a little thing with your gut and do the four hour program and kind of, you know, functional medicine 101. And they call me back, you know, like a few weeks later, and oh, my joints are all better. I'm pain free. I'm like, what? Really? Really? <laughs> really? Or, you know, some of the migraines, you know, 14 times a month or 20 times a month and it's are gone i'm like 
really? Just all you did was stop eating eggs and your headaches are gone? That doesn't make any sense. So it was like, there was a lot of even my own disbelief that this method worked, but I kept seeing it over and over and over. And I'd see people with autism recover, with Alzheimer's recover, with Parkinson's recover, with, you know, severe mental illness, with schizophrenia, with things that just like wouldn't get better, autoimmune diseases. And I was like, wow, like this is just extraordinary. And, and I think, you know, it's not, functional medicine is not easy. And I, I don't think we're going to get to, and I hate to say this, but I don't think we're going to get to, you know, the, the level of transformation in our society until we can build a model that helps physicians understand the complexity because no one can go through what I went through. No one can be as sick as many times, have had to see as many millions of data points as I've seen with my patients, have just gone through the, the suffering that I went through in order to figure it out. And and also, I've, I've been lucky because I've, I've been in a situation where I had patients at Canyon Ranch in both my own practice who could afford to do a lot of diagnostics. And not functional medicine isn't all about right. testing, but it really helped me to That's understand helped. the networks that were going on that no one was seeing, the patterns and all the data. And so and now I can look at a patient. I literally, and I do this as a game to entertain myself. I write down everything that I think is going on based on their story the test back and it's like oh i don't have to change my assessment because i all oh, i already predicted this and this and this and this from this and this and this so i think eventually through algorithms and ai and big data and analytics and systems biology the omics data we'll be able to actually create models where where data goes in and it's it creates decision support for providers and for patients it allows more autonomous self-care opportunities i think this so is and predictive this. yeah exactly and it's so going to be uh, it's gonna, stuff sooner. yeah there's that but it's also there's there's a way for i think a lot of what needs to be done for people to be done outside healthcare i think there's a lot of disruption going on i think you know healthcare is a behemoth that is very slow to change that is so entrenched in the paradigm of reimbursement and billing mm. and medical training and specialties it's like wow like for all of a sudden the shift that is, is like is enormous. So what's happening is from the margins, you're seeing a lot of disruptive tech companies and other companies getting into the space and they're calling me all the time. So I know they're, I know what they're doing and they're really fascinating. You know, there's this company popping up that wants to solve digestive problems through functional medicine and is, you know, creating a whole network of physicians around the country is creating diagnostics, creating all the, the strategies and the tools. And a lot of what we really see in, in our offices these days, is really not something that can be fixed by the doctor. It has to be fixed you know, in the kitchen, <laughs> on the farm, in the grocery store, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think that's, that's really where the systems wide change has to happen. And I, I think the ability for, for people to heal themselves is just, you know, without, if they just have the right information and, and know what to do is so profound. I mean, I remember one patient when I wrote the ultra mind solution, which was, you know, over maybe 12, 15 years ago, and my waiting list was like eight or nine months. And this finally, this patient gets into my office and she's like, I've been waiting nine months for this appointment. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> she, and I, I, I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm great. I'm like, well, why are you here? She says, well, I couldn't get an appointment with you. So I got your book, The Ultra Mind Solution. I followed all the instructions of what to do to fix this and that and the other thing. <laughs> and I feel better. And all my, and, but I thought maybe you would have something to tell me anyway. So, you know, that kind of thing is like, wow. You know, I, I think people can be empowered and often don't need us. And that's the point, right? About why would you write a book? Why would you do a podcast? Is to be able to spread the message to those that actually to keep them out of your office, not in your office, yeah. really. Yeah. Because yeah. there's only one of you. And 
and many of them. And it seems to me like every evolution that we've seen of yours is probably, I'm guessing, was just that, like you said, I wrote a book because there was a gap. I saw a gap that needed to be filled. Has it always been that way, that you are inspired to write a book, whether it's vegan diet, whether it's about sugar, because you're seeing a gap that's not being filled where the education for the consumer isn't there and you're feeling like, I need to provide this information? Yeah, I think it just grows naturally out of what I'm seeing. So, for example, you know, my first book, Ultravention, was really around early understanding of functional medicine. My second one was grown out of an understanding of metabolism and weight and what we had all wrong about it. You know, and I wrote that, gosh, almost 20 years ago. And and it's still ahead of its time now. Like, go back and look at the yeah. things I was talking about, biome and detoxification and things that we're now, like, just finally figuring out. Uh, mitochondria and i mean even the even the whole idea that a calorie is not a calorie back then was yeah, heresy. yeah i know it's so heresy. funny yeah of it was, course it was heresy and i'm yeah. like no no, no yeah. not. calories we, in we, calories out yeah yeah and so i wrote about that then I, then I started seeing all these patients when i was fixing their physical issues their mental health would get better their depression would go away their ADD would improve i wasn't treating those stomach problems or migraines or this or that and all of a sudden they'd have these magical transformations of behavior psychology memory attention so i began to go oh, well maybe i should tell the story because no one's talking about the link between the body and the mind they're talking about the mind body connection but nobody's talking about the body mind connection and so i wrote mm -hmm. that book and i just kind of you know like goes on like that and uh, people are all confused about that used about you know sugar and feeling confused about you know all this stuff so i it's sort of like that so what's next what's the next book are we on to the oh, next gosh. one yet can yeah, you can got, you tell us three, or do we have got, to wait i got three that i'm kind of working on um three. One is on yes <laughs> one is on on aging and, and it's a functional medicine approach to aging because i think we we don't okay. really have a 360 i think there's a lot of people who are the blind men and the elephant looking at the aging problem as a a reductionist model still looking mm -hmm. for the thing is mm -hmm. the is it the nad and the mitochondria or is it the mm -hmm. fasting is it the telomere is it the fasting yeah right 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 so it's just yeah. like i'm like well it's not it's all of it also working on a book about uh protein and meat and the future of protein and meat um because people are very confused about nice protein and meat and i'm working on yeah. a book it's a personal sort of book about uh, my own journey called Notes from God, Stumbling Toward the Truth, about, you know, the ways in which we get to where we are in life and the lessons we learn and and the little post-it notes we get from the universe that guide us along our way and have lessons for us that we can take or not. And uh, so that's sort of another... Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. All right, so so let's... So with this great Don't, don't wisdom, hold your breath, that might be <laughs> Yeah, you've still got a, a whole lot longer to go. You've got a lot of people, there's a lot of books more to write. So let's let's do a little bit of notes from God here. We'll just do a little pre, kind of pre-call pre here. And you're talking now to a whole thousands of practitioners who finished medical school or naturopathic school or anything really is a health professional and they've come out into this world they've found functional medicine or integrative or any of these great paradigms lifestyle medicine they're super passionate like we are they're really excited about changing healthcare. what is that little pearl that little posted note that you're talking about that you would give them and say like this is a good place to start this is kind of the stuff if they want to have impact, where do they begin? Like, what what would you share with them? Just as a little bit, little bit of wisdom. I mean, I think first you have to ask yourself what you want to do, because everybody's different. You know, some people just want to see patients, some people want to be communicators, some people want to be teachers. Some people, I mean, so I, you have to find out what is res that's in alignment with 
what lights you up. But in terms of learning, obviously I'm biased because I'm uh, was the chairman of the board and I'm on the board of the Institute mm-hmm. of Cultural Medicine. But I think it's a a very robust organization with a great educational platform for bringing people up to speed about what functional medicine is and how to practice it. And I think the online program, which is the basic one, AFMCP is great, but there's the, Mm -hmm. the inter that's applying functional medicine and clinical practice. And there's the certification program, which is, has a number of modules. I think, you know, that's just a robust foundation for people understanding the paradigm shift. So in other words, it's like going from, you know, Newtonian physics to quantum physics. You, you, if you want to understand the nature of reality, you have to do the work to get to understand the framework so you can, you know, next thing. And so that just creates the, like learning the scales, learning the alphabet. It's it's really right. about the learning foundational the principles. And then, you know, whatever lights you up and it could be you know, working on food systems. It could be becoming a farmer. It could be, you know, having your own little clinic in this small town or running a giant, hospital system I mean, I was just in Turkey and they want to put function they have a functional medicine center in the, one of the top wow. hospitals there now and they want to you know create a big expansive model there I'm like okay so whatever whatever it is that lights you up great start no I agree because it's not it's not actually that undergraduate degree no matter what it is and where you come from is just never going to be enough so as you mm-hmm. say it's about almost kind of relearning the learning before mm-hmm. you kind of launch yourself in all right we got this is a podcast called the power of genetics so now we will come home and let's talk a little bit about, I mean, since we met, it's probably been two decades, literally, since uh, we were at our kind of IFM conferences in the early 2000s. And we've seen a huge amount happen in genetics to a degree, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet not so much. So we've seen a lot happen, particularly in what we can test and how the labs are able to run hundreds of thousands of genes, but we haven't in my opinion, seen genetics reach its potential or really offer value to the injured, to the practitioner. And that's obviously my mission in life is where do we go wrong and how do we come back and kind of really focus on the value of genetics? But that's putting my words into it. Where do you see the value of genetics really in its role in healthcare and the future of medicine, the future of functional medicine? Well, I think that what's really exciting is that we now understand that our genes are not fixed and they can be modified through the exposome, which is everything that washes over our choices genes we make, our life. Yeah. Choices yeah. we make, what we eat, what we think, what we feel, who we talk to, how we move, how we sleep, yeah, every, yeah. Every, yeah, everything, everything yeah. you know, everything yeah. that you touch, feel, sense, experience, interact with is all literally in real time to your genes. So the question is, how is that relevant? How do you play with that? How do you understand it? And how do you create a context for managing mass amounts of data that is in the genotypic phenotypic data in a way that allows you to sort of make sense and then create some kind of map for a person about what they should do to optimize their health and i think that we begin to sort of where we are now which is you know the the common genes that have high prevalence that have clinical relevance that can be modified by some change in the exposome that can be helpful to somebody. So if you have methylation genes that are a problem or detox genes or APOE4, there's things you can do proactively to actually prevent further problems, right? It's not that complicated. And so those are those are really sort of an easy way for genetics to be used now. There's, you know, maybe suites of dozens of genes, you know, that or dozens of SNPs that, that may be interesting. There's not 
there's not tens of thousands that we're using nope. because we just, we just, definitely we, not. we just, we just don't even know what, we don't know. They, we don't we don't know. what they mean or what they do. So yeah. I think what I'm really excited about is where I see a convergence of five big trends in healthcare and medicine and technology that allow us to, to leapfrog to the next century of, of thinking. One is obviously the omics revolution. So every aspect of omics, the microbiome, the metabolome, the transcriptome, the proteome, even the metabolome of the microbiome, which actually may be more important than we think, and, and we're not even looking yeah. at that. And so maybe yes. up to 30 to 50% yeah. of the metabolites in your blood come from the microbiome. Come from the microbiome, yeah. And, and have you measured that on your chem screen, mm. you know? like yeah. uh, And and to take all that data, take all the organizing architecture of systems thinking, network medicine, functional medicine, whatever you want to call it, take that network on as a meta framework for interpreting and analyzing the data, combine that with real-time metrics from quantified self-data, drive that through you know, sort of massive big data analytics and AI and machine learning, and all of a sudden, like the world looks very different in the future. And it's not using AI and big data to do what we do better, which is what's happening now. Mm. It's actually doing something quite different. And I, I think that that's that's a very big hard thing for people to understand, but we can't do the same thing better. We have it's like rearranging the ditches in the Titanic. Yeah. Not not that we throw out the foundational ideas of understanding biology. My daughter's in medical school now. She's learning about parietal cells and chief cells and all this stuff. She's talking you know, like histology. Okay, you've got to learn that. That's just the basics. Yeah. But yeah. But you have to have an organizing framework for understanding reality and the nature of reality. And I think that's what functional medicine provides. Uh, you know, Neil Wilson, you know, was was really you know, brilliant when he said medicine has no theory, that there's no theory wow. of medicine. There's a, re, there's a re, set of reactive responses to observable phenomena. Someone has a headache, you go to the head doctor. Your joint hurts, you go to the joint doctor. Stomach hurts, you go to the stomach doctor. Your, your, your joint might hurt because of your stomach. Your head might hurt because of your, you know, who knows what, you know. And and so we don't have a way of mapping that. And so beginning to create a, you know, a, a, a system of technology and science and the emergent properties that we can see from understanding these complex adaptive systems, we can begin to create a map of human biology that's real, accurate, and combines all the data. And it's not just genetics of its own. It's not just the phenotypic Absolutely. data on its own. It's all of it together. All of it together. Filtered yeah. through the right lenses that allows you to actually see what is actually happening. And I think that's what's super exciting to me is I see yeah. the future coming. And I think we're very much going to be around for that. I don't think it's that far ahead. I think no, I, I know people who are working a lot on of that it, happening. I, I, exactly. We're seeing it at conferences now. We're hearing about it. Um, although, although, so although we, YDC, when I started to interrupt, but I, well, not really sorry about it because I interrupted. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I just want to interrupt because, you know, I think a lot of people are working on this problem, but they're working on it more right, like the dictators in the Titanic. They don't understand functional mm -hmm. medicine. And so, that's the hardest part. It's like, look, look, like, like, look at that truck. What truck? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and so like, it's really frustrating for me and for you, I'm sure to see, you know, something so clearly and then mm -hmm. everybody else is you know, kind of not really getting it, not looking at it. So it's starting yeah. to happen, but it's very exciting. Yeah. I kind of see the same. I mean, I kind of see it as the same as what I've watched happen in genetics for the last 20 years, you know, which has been this kind of, linear paradigm of test mm. a whole bunch of SNPs, throw them into a test, mm -hmm. give a recommendation mm -hmm. on a single SNP, give a supplement and call it genetics, you know? And so right. for me, five years ago where I had my moment of epiphany was going like, 
we've got this all wrong. Like we've had this concept, first of all, that genetics is important by itself is absolutely ridiculous. And that, mm -hmm. that you can give a recommendation on a SNP is insane. You know, like the complexity of it and how genetics sits in all these kind of in a systems biology and then how genes work together and how SNPs work together and then how we train practitioners to use it and then how do we find clinical value in it because if it doesn't yeah. have clinical value we're yeah. just data scientists and we're selling data to our patients which is really expensive and kind of non-value to our patients so I'm super excited from my lens of how we can start integrating genetics which has a wonderful layer of information for practitioners into all the other layers you're talking about and then kind of find this clinical value so i think we're in exactly. a great time to yeah, exactly. to watch us unfold and but we've got to always think like patient said it's like so what is the clinical value of this data and not just play the data game you know just say like let's sell data that's Absolutely. my two cents worth my I two agree. cents worth. it's all part of it yeah dr mark hyman it has been wonderful it has as always to talk to you and truly inspiring about where we headed. I can see we have many, many books that are going to go on the bookshelf. I'm super excited to, to see where you go next and where you take us, because I really think that, I mean, you, you've just always been able to pull us forward and challenge us on what is happening there. You know, challenge the paradigms, fearless, courageous, all good things about you. Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And really look forward to or maybe, maybe it's more you oblivious. in person. Maybe, maybe it's more oblivious than courageous. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you have a choice. There's like an inevitability to it. It's like, this is what I do. Yeah. And, and really look forward to the time where we'll see you at a conference again. Yeah, absolutely. I, hopefully it won't be too far in the future. I hope not. Hopefully it'll be 2022 and we'll, we'll be seeing each other in, in mm. person in conferences. But thank you very much for your time. Love the conversation and looking get writing. Let's see those books. <laughs> thank you. All right. Okay. Bye, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Power of Genetics podcast brought to you by 3x4 Genetics. For more episodes, please visit 3x4genetics.com slash podcast. And if you are a licensed health practitioner who would like to apply to join our network of over 1,000 like-minded visionary practitioners, please visit 3x4genetics.com slash apply.